Welcome to issue 48 of Critical Encounters, a podcast about Marvel Champions, a living card game by Fantasy Flight Games. Here we take a good look at that most critical piece of the game, the encounter sets. We'll discuss those poorly understood characters, unfairly labeled villains, and their various plans to shape humanity and benefit the planet, as well as the so-called heroes intent on thwarting them. I'm one of your hosts, Daniel, and joining me tonight is... Steve. Hello, Daniel. Hello, sir. How are you? I am well. Keeping it together? All good? Barely. Oh, you and me both, brother. And also with us tonight is the Wandering Tuke himself, Mike. How are you? Hey, buddy. Good. How are you? Great. So good. This is going to be a great, great issue tonight. Just feel it. What do we got on the docket tonight, Steve? Uh, we're going to do Absorber Man Part 2. But yeah, we before are. we get into that, we've got a couple little segments here. We're going to do uh, Mustafa's Legacy. We've got a quote from another member of my Friday Night Game group. Oh, my goodness. This, yeah, this one is from Pat. So let's all give a listen. I'm every nightmare you've ever had. I'm your worst dream come true. I'm everything you ever were afraid of. It's Pennywise from It. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. <laughs> oh. Lovely. Lovely. Yeah. From the ages of 13 to 15, I did not sleep because <laughs> of that book. So, nice. yeah. Wow, that was good. His voice is good, too. You've got a great game group for voice for voice talent, Steve. Yeah, well, I'm going to have to let him know. And then everybody has to listen to me. Oh. <laughs> I will say of your gaming group, your voice is, you know. Probably the worst. It is what it is. It is what it is. Oh, man, that, that hurts <laughs> I have an I'm, awful voice. It doesn't matter. It doesn't can, matter. Can one absorb yeah. pain? I'm absorbing pain. <laughs> <laughs> Why not? Uh, okay. I love your voice, Steve. Okay. Absolutely. Well, you know what else I love? I love questions from our listeners. And we have an intelligentsy segment. We have a question from Mr. L. How about that? Now, Mr. L has asked us questions before. And they're he all has. good. They're all good. Oh, all good. Yeah, and this time he has asked us, what are our top three favorite tabletop games in our collection? Oof. So how about we go around and we each say one, and then two, then three, in no particular order, unless you have them in a particular order. Thank you for saying that. I don't. I don't either. I don't really have them in a particular order. Uh, let's start with Mike. All right. Okay, first of all, quick caveat. I have deliberately decided not to choose a Fantasy Flight game because. You know, we talk about Marvel Champions here. Obviously, I love the game. Uh, shameless plug, if you watch Monday Night Twitch, you see that we play Lord of the Rings and Arkham Horror all the time. I, we promote them enough. I want to give, give some time to some of these other games in my collection that I really love. So, my first game is Sunrise City hmm. by Clever Mojo Games. It was released, oh, quite a few years ago now. 2012, maybe? It is like SimCity, the board game, kind of. You zone out you know, your different industrial commercial zones. And the tiles are your buildings that you set on the city, and they're thick. So as you build them on top of each other, you're building skyscrapers, and you get points. And what's really neat about it is the scoring system. Uh, points themselves don't do anything, but every time you, you're you on a track that's 10 points long, and every time you reach 10 points, you get a star. And the more at the end of the game, you're trying to get the most stars. Uh, the shtick is, is that if you exceed 10 points, you just wrap around the board. 
But if you manage to hit 10 points exactly, you get double stars. So it comes down to not getting the most points, but being smart about the most points so that you score big. It's a neat little game. I play with my siblings all the time. We love it. Sunrise City. Sunrise City. Cool. Okay. Cool. Daniel, what about you? So, uh, like Mike, similar caveat in that I, I didn't include Arkham Horror or Dungeons & Dragons. I, they're, they occupy most of my time, and I don't have a ton of time to play games like I used to. And I'm also uh, not really a solo gamer, so this pandemic has, has hit me. Um, but I'll talk first about a fantasy flight game. Sorry, Mike. Uh, Mansions of Madness, second edition. Absolutely love it. Love the app. Love the stories of each of the of the quests. Um, I think it's brilliantly done. And so I would definitely. And that's a great solo game. I have played that one solo. It's it's wonderful. Um, so if you haven't checked that one out, do yourself a favor. Mansions of Madness is a great game. Yeah, I have to agree. That one is excellent. Uh, we we played the heck out of that. How about you, Steve? I'm gonna also try to not pick an LCG. How about that? Because I also love Marvel and Lord of the Rings LCG. Yep. So I'm I'm gonna take this down to a family friendly game that I play a lot with the family, and that's Ticket to Ride. Okay. Uh, it's classic. Classic. It's not very difficult. It's kind of a intro to the hobby type of game. Draw a card, play a train, but you can play with your kids. Maybe not super young, but a, a little younger. And we have some good times with that. Uh, we've introduced other friends into the hobby through Ticket to Ride. Uh, we just listened to Pat's voice. He never played a game in his life. We played Ticket to Ride. Oh, wow. now, he play, now he plays Marvel with me, Lord of the Rings. You know, So I got to say, uh, Ticket to Ride is a great game. And just today, my boss said to me, hey, have you ever played this game, Ticket to Ride? It was really fun. I want to play more games like this. So I think if you can get somebody, you want to get somebody into gaming, it's a it's a good game. So take it around. I confess I've never played it. Oh, it's too bad. I just rarely have the opportunity. Other things have always grabbed my attention. It's just one of those freak things. I just haven't played it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah and it's real good with like five players, you know, so. Sweet. What's your number two, Mike? All right, my number two is Summoner Wars. This is the game that put Plat Hat oh Games on the map. Uh, I mean, I don't even know when the first one came out, but their master set where I joined in was released 2011. Uh, it's just a fun head-to-head. -head. You have a deck of cards, you are a summoner, so you have this general on a battlefield, and you're spending mana to bring creatures out on the board. It's a tactical combat type thing with asymmetric powers. Every character is a card with card text on it and it's just a fun little try to beat your opponent before they beat you it's reasonably simple i mean yes every card's got lots of text on it but it's a fairly lightweight game and uh, a lot of fun doesn't get to the table a lot because it's competitive and it's only really playable with two players yes you can play it with four just don't play it with two a lot of fun and there's a ton of expansions for it yeah that's one i haven't played but uh one of our guys um uh, chris who was on the last episode, has that, and he has been trying to get it to the table, but we have never found time. Oh, man. Mm. All right, Daniel. So my number two is um, uh, a game that technically you can only play once, but my game group that already played it is now playing it for a second time with new characters and making different choices and stuff. 
that is the legacy of Dragonholt. It is an absolutely beautifully written and constructed game. It's kind of like a an RPG meets choose your own adventure meets uh, it's you know it's hard to describe it, but it's got this wonderful storyline. It's very tense. Um, it's a great cooperative kind of discussion based game, and it's. It's just a really, really good time. Like it, like you do things that you feel good about, um, and when you make mistakes that have repercussions down the road, you're like you you feel that too. It's just an incredible game. So definitely encourage anyone to check that out. It could it could definitely be fun solo, but the group think of it is really delightful, and that is Legacy of Dragonhold. What's your what's your second one here? I'm going to go with uh uh probably a, it's a game we played a ton and this game was a lot more enjoyable after the minis were painted uh cuz our my friend who just does a wonderful job we had a ton we've had a ton a ton a ton of fun with Imperial Assault. Oh yeah, which is an FFG game. We've played the core we played the Jabba's Realm. He's got I beautifully painted minis on the on this map. Super complicated. All these cards. We don't know what we still we played both campaigns. We're still not sure <laughs> if we played any of the rules right. But we all had a good time at the table. Placed five, which is up to five, which is key for us because there are five of us. And um, I really enjoyed that. We had tons of tons of fun with that too. Yep. Yeah, I, even if sometimes the Emperor or the Imperial player sort of just, like, will get crushed on a map. so uh, But not as bad as, like, Descent. We felt like Descent was way weighted too in too much favor of the players. So Im- Imperial Assault, great game, good theme. You know, got Star Wars totally playing out in the background. You know, t- great, good mini game. Kind of cooperative, but with that DM feel like that you get from an RPG. So yeah, I love that one. Imperial Soul. Oh, awesome. Lo- lovely piece of work. All right, my number three. Also from 2012. This is a golden year for my collection. Uh, this is Shadow Rift. It is a cooperative deck building game in which you each play as a hero trying to defend a town from hordes and hordes of monsters. The goal is to close the Shadow Rifts before the entire the town is destroyed. The shtick here is that, like every deck builder, you know, you're buying cards, putting them in your deck, but there's also a town deck in the middle, and there is a deck of monsters at the top. And regularly, the monsters come out, and they have an AI on them that says they kill certain people in the town every turn. And the town deck, you, you know, you play, play those cards, and the lose condition is... If you ever draw a hand from the town deck and it's all dead people, you've lost. Because whenever a monster kills somebody, you take that person out of the deck and you replace it with a corpse. So the goal is to beat the monsters back and hold them at bay. You're waiting for special cards to come out of the decks. They're they're portal cards, so you can seal them away. And uh, that's your win condition, basically. Survive and close out the portals. Totally co-op, lots of fun. Uh, Expansion's still going to this day. Wow. All right, so for my third game, I was torn between two games that I haven't 
finished, but are fantastic. They are The King's Dilemma and Sherlock Holmes Consulting Detective. But I'm not going to talk about any of them because I want to talk about a game that I enjoy playing with my kids. And that is a game called Dice Throne. Have you guys ever heard of that? Never. Oh, it's fantastic. So you are a hero. It's it's a it's a battle game like one on one or you can do like a group battle or something like that. But essentially it's um it's each character has their own deck, their own custom dice and their own board that the custom dice um you roll them it's kind of Yahtzee style you get three rolls and you kind of keep dice and re-roll and keep but the dice then trigger special abilities that are on the board in front of you it's like oh i rolled like a full house that means i get to you know get this status effect for myself hit you for eight and then uh draw two cards or you know something like that but it's so fast and it's so fun and like it's just it is one of those just can't miss games the idea behind it is so brilliant um there's a lot of different heroes now there's like we at our house have 14 and there's like a cooperative version coming like a campaign co-op that's coming really cool game i i think you'd like it a lot dice throne it is called add that to my list yeah and the kids the kids love it it's not hard to teach it's not um hard to learn strategy is sometimes tricky but not really. And so, yeah, it's great. Just fast and fun. Okay, so my third, I'm since these are tabletop games, I won't mention that I love the One Ring RPG or the Simba Room RPG. Both excellent, excellent books. Great settings. So my third is going to be another co-op game. This is a half real-time, half... Uh, App driven, I don't know. Space Alert? You guys ever played so Space fun. Alert? Oh my god, oh, yeah. that's a yeah. game. Yeah, it's like <laughs> ridiculous. You you run this app now and it plays these different sounds, <laughs> and everybody's on a ship being attacked by aliens from all these different directions, and you have these cards that do different actions, and, and you're all shouting over each other, and the app tells you, Oh no, you can't talk anymore because the communications went out, or uh <laughs> you can data transfer and you could trade cards, and the goal is to like prime the weapons and fire the weapons and blow up the aliens or kill the asteroid or or, or go up and wiggle the mouse because the screensaver will kick on on this old ship. And then um, after all that, like, real-time hustle and bustle, then you stop and you go through turn by turn because you're laying your cards out on this track. On turn one, I I did this. And and you see what you really did. And, (laughs) like... You, all, you can only have one person on an elevator at a time. And, well, Joe went down the elevator when you thought you were going down the elevator. So now you're a turn behind. And, and it's just this crazy chaos. Um, that's I, a, It's oh, a lot of fun. Yeah. God, is that a manic, manically fun time um, to play. I've never won it. I, I don't think I've, we've even ever won the basic mission. I haven't played it in a long time. But, God, if it doesn't have the best rule book I've ever read. Yes. Yep. Yep. Uh, I think we've managed oh. to win like the first three and then, you know, we try it again and we can't <laughs> win the second ones. And, and uh, some people can play that game and it's perfect for them. Other people who need more of a, uh, they're going to pause. They got to think they got to figure out their strategy, uh, not the game for you. Uh, yeah. As soon as you said real time co-op half, half real time. I'm like, Oh, I hope you said space alert. Cause space God, alert. it's been fun. Oh, it's so fun. And I, I hear, because I like Space Alert, I need to play Captain Sonar, uh, yes. which is 
also yes. real time, but competitive. I have not had a chance to play that yet, but it's, played that once. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, it's out there. So yeah, it's a cool game. Okay, so Mike, run through your three again, real quick. Uh, it was Sunrise City, Summoner Wars, and Shadow Rift. Daniel, Mansions of Madness Second Edition, Legacy of Dragonhold, and Dice Throne. And I said Ticket to Ride, Imperial Assault, and Space Alert. So there you go, Mister L. Those are our three uh, favorite tabletop games as of right now. Those should keep you busy for a while. Play all nine of them and get back to us. <laughs> Tell us what you think. <laughs> good. I get, apparently, good luck finding Legacy of Dragonhold. Well, let's get on to our side scheme, gentlemen. Did you know that we are in the middle of a campaign? I, I didn't know that. We are. Oh, okay. We, the Critical Encounters podcast crew, are in a Red Skull campaign. An expert campaign. The middle, but people have missed the first ones then. Well, I don't know what they're going to do. Maybe they should catch up on the, uh, on the YouTube channel. Mm. Uh, just search for Wandering Tuke TV on YouTube. We're wondering two critical encounters. You'll find it. Yeah, so our last game was against Absorbing Man. And we had the communities picking our modular sets. And they chose the Doomsday Chairs. So we played against Absorbing Man with just Modoc. <laughs> and the one time he came out, Ant-Man squished him flat with a giant stomp. Yep. Yeah. yeah. You guys really went easy on us for that one. Yeah. Thank you. Yep. Yeah, we're so glad that we didn't that on Zola. Yeah, because we're not allowing a repeat of a modular set. That's right. Mm -hmm. You had your chance. Yep. <laughs> um, yep. So what, what did you guys think? We had fun. I mean, we won, and we ended with <clears throat> um, all of our hit points at max. So it was easy, but what did you guys think? Yeah, I mean, we hit six uh, delay counters, so we are over that. You know, that that's a pretty good number. That might bite us later on. Uh, might, might. Yep. I just like squishing Modoc under my heel as Ant-Man, so it was a good time. <laughs> yeah, as far as our Absorbing Man games went, I mean, we got off fairly easy. I don't think... Did Omnimorph Duplication come out? It did not come out while all? Super Absorbing Power was out. Yeah, so no one got hit for that. He basically didn't get any of his big punches. Yeah. It did come out, but every time we were... He only had one trait, so it wasn't a big deal. Yeah. Yep. But yeah, good time. A little easy, but perhaps more difficult things are coming. Play ahead, yeah. Mm. So let's talk about Absorbing Man, huh? We have, we're going to head into our You Had Me monologue. We're going to look at all the cards from Absorbing Man's encounter set. That's 17 right. total cards, nine by title if you don't include the environments. And Mike, why don't you start us off with the First side scheme on our list. Avalanche. Why is there no flavor text? Well, what are you going to say? What they could say is, there's an avalanche. Avalanche. <laughs> could just, could just be sound effects, like rumble, 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 right? So. Yeah. Uh, revealed, <laughs> each player must choose to either spend an energy resource or take two indirect damage. That's three indirect damage instead if there are five or more delay counters on the main scheme. And it has an acceleration icon on it. It begins with two threat per player and has three boost icons. So, yeah, I mean. Yeah, it, we've got a picture of a snowy hillside with trees in it and rocks, so we're, we're good. Yeah, as far as design goes, I, this is probably one of the only times where I like to see a low threat threshold. Because it's got three boost icons and I want to see it back in the encounter deck. Yeah, 
There's two of them in the deck, so that's a lot of boost icons in the deck. So that, that's nice. Can you all tell me thematically, like, why this is a side scheme for him? Uh, because you're fighting on the snowy hillside, as we noted last episode with our... our with all the art. Okay, yeah, yeah, now, I when guess you so. Fight and you're swinging your ball and chain around, you're going to cause an avalanche. Right, but you could also, you know... Cause an earthquake or a rock slide. There's lots of things you can cause with your ball. But you're on a mountain, so the avalanche is happening. Fine, you got to you got to spend your energy to get out of there before you get uh, before you get clobbered with with rocks. Yeah, I think it plays into the theme of environments, right? We every environment is a snowy hillside, and you're out there. It's collateral damage. You know, Thor smashing his hammer, Hulk's punching the ground. You're doing this thing, and boom, this avalanche takes place. It's. I don't think it's creel causing it i think it's just a side effect of being out where we're at fine if you guys like it i won't i won't belabor the point (laughs) (laughs) i'll i'll let your love of this card carry me through i I mean we can only debate so hard of all these things (laughs) we'd still uh, be talking about helium if that were the case yeah where's the helium side scheme wait no he would hate that wouldn't he yeah okay all right, uh, Vardin, what's next? So the ball and chain, which we know since Creel was in prison, must have been attached to his ankle at some point, right? Yeah. As a prisoner? I thought it was Titania. Oh! Wow, Mike. Wow. Yeah, yeah that's good. That's good. Okay, ball and chain <laughs> is a unique attachment. Uh, it is a weapon. It says attached to absorbing man. Hero action. Spend a physical resource. Shuffle this card into the encounter deck. It has a special boost icon that is reveal this card. And it provides plus one scheme, plus one attack. I love it. It's basically staying out. It's a little boost. I think it fits it. Like, feels right. Because we see him swinging it around, right? That's what he uses it to fight with. Yep, yep. I'm not sure how it helps him scheme, but I'm okay with that. I'm glad he gets that boost. He needs it. Yeah. I love how easy it is to get rid of because it's a trick, right? Like, goes yep. right back. Goes right back. Now, I have a rules question for you, gentlemen. If I reveal this card during an attack, does it attach and then add his damage? Yes, it does. That's so awesome. Makes it even better. Instant yes. Boost. Yeah. Because it's revealed before damage is applied. Before damage is calculated? Right on. Okay. Oh, that's so fun. So now, do you guys realize that this is our second unique attachment called Ball and Chain? Oh, I guess you're right. Mm-hmm. Who uses the other one? Pop quiz here, Daniel. Uh, someone from Wrecking Crew. Correct. Which one? Uh, <laughs> What's uh, the name of a James Bond movie? No, no, the, the genius guy. Thunderball. You got it. Thunderball. And Thunderball's ball and chain does not help him scheme. <laughs> he better talk to this guy. Yeah. Yeah. Be like, tell me about your ball and chain, man. Like, all right. God, I can't I can't believe I passed that test. That's pretty good. Wow. So I'm gonna tell you about a treachery called stall tactic. When revealed, place one threat on the main scheme for every two delay counters on the main scheme. If no threat was placed this way, this card gains. Surge has a special boost icon. If there are five or more delay counters in the main scheme, take one indirect damage. I love and hate this card. Yeah, the boost is so lame. 
I I would make one correction. I would I would make that place one threat per player because it's tough on solo, and if you're playing four player, this doesn't do anything. Yeah. Yeah, the delay counters only tick up one per round. Yeah, they don't scale. Yeah. So here's a math question for you. If there's one delay counter out and stall tactics comes up, how much threat do we place on the main scheme? Uh, it's zero. We don't round up or whatever? It doesn't say. It's for every two delay counters. You do not have two delay counters, so you don't put one on. Only putting on it two, four, six, eight, ten. Yeah. Because it doesn't say divided by two. It says for every well, two delay counter. That makes sense, then, if no threat was placed, this way it gains surge. Because yeah. that's really the only way it could, right? First turn? Yeah. Okay. Yep. So it's pretty weak for a stall tactic. I mean... I mean, if stall means temporary setback, then it's right. In, I mean, in our game, we ended the game on round six. So if this had come up with with six delay counters, I guess we were on round seven. Six delay counters, it puts three threat out. Yeah, into three player game. I Usually mean, for us, we could have said six threat would be a reasonable encounter card, but six threat in solo is awful. True. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. This one's. It's an important card though because you do need something to prevent you from turtling. Sure. Yep. I think this still allows for a certain amount of turtling, though. Yeah. Like, you can get away with it. Yeah, it's not a lot. I mean, if you're... I don't know. There's two of them in the deck. I don't know. If a card comes up and says, put one threat out, you're like, okay. <laughs> yeah, all right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right, give us the next one, Mike. All right. This is the first of a group of four where he does something funky with his trait, and if his trait matches the environment, he's extra awesome. This is Icy Grip, a treachery. When revealed, you are stunned. That's it. You are stunned. No test, no nothing. You're stunned. If Absorbing Man also has the Ice trait, you take two indirect damage. It has two boost icons, as well as a special boost. If Absorbing Man has the Ice or Metal trait, give him a tough status card. Awesome. Yeah. He got that a lot in our game. He did. He was often tough. And I was often stunned. Yes. Yeah, this is a good one. <laughs> yeah, it was really good. I'm really just going to say right now, I love all four of these treacheries. I think they're really neat. Yeah. I like them. Yeah, I like the, here's the terrible thing. Oh, and here's a little bit more if the conditions are just right. right. Which yes. then makes that side scheme so awesome if it stays around. Yeah, so kudos to the designers for making this, giving yeah. these cards some punch. I, I would have hated to see a whiff. And then, oh, on the off chance it matches. No, this is oh, this terrible. is a great that card. This is a great yeah. card. And I like the boost. Boost too. You have ice or metal. Yes, it's a little bit different than the when revealed. So, and I so I like I want to talk about all four of these, but I like that the boost icons are all different. Oh, they are. Yep, that is unusual. I think for this type of thing, and I, yeah. I'm curious, like, why you guys think, you know, like one of them doesn't have any special effect. One has just one boost icon instead. It's like, I'm curious why you guys think. Well, as we get down to Steel Kick and Swinging Stone, we'll see it has no special boost icon. It has extra stuff in the one reveal. So that I think. I guess. All right. Yeah. 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 Right. Maybe yeah. variety. I don't know. I don't know. Steve, why don't you tell us yeah. about the next one? All right. The next one is the Treachery Piercing Thorns. And there are two of these in the deck. 
It says, when revealed, discard one card at random from your hand. If Absorbing Man has the wood trait, discard one card you control. Oof. It has one boost icon and a special boost. And the special is, if Absorbing Man has the stone or wood trait, you are stunned. Boom. Yeah, this one's pretty good, too. I mean, especially if he's wood. I mean, discarding a card at random from your hand can yeah. pull that card you really wanted to play. Yeah. And then if he's also wood, you're discarding something that's out. There goes a support, an upgrade, an ally. Yeah. That one could really ruin your day. Absolutely. <laughs> and then a special boost, right? If they, if you happen to be stone or wood, boom, stunned. stunned. <laughs> There's a lot of stun here. <laughs> so let me tell you about the steel kick. This is another treachery, two of them in the deck. Uh, when revealed as alter ego, place two threat on the main scheme, three instead if absorbing man has the metal trait. Uh, when revealed if you're a hero, take three indirect damage, four indirect instead if absorbing man has the metal trait. It has two boost icons. So there's no getting away from these no matter what form you're in. Correct. Yeah, I like it. So his scheme in this case is stomping on you. That's his scheme. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> his scheme is to delay you by beating you up. So <laughs> That's a scheme. Again, the threat stuff doesn't scale very well. That's a lot of indirect damage. Yeah, if he comes up with four. No, it's definitely a powerful card if you're a hero. If you're an alter ego, I don't think it matters that much. But Yeah, I mean, he presumably just schemed to... Yeah, now the problem, unlike, say, when we did Crossbones, is his scheme is 12 threat per player. So even if he schemes with his Mm -hmm, couple mm -hmm. points of of his scheme, you know, two plus a couple boosts, and then a couple you put six on, I mean, it's halfway, but it's not, there is time to thwart, I suppose, but you don't want to be thwarting. I guess you want to be punching because you don't want to be delayed. So maybe it's a little better than I think. So I think maybe it's designed so that you don't thwart out. They want you to play it out, win, but with lots of delay. Yes, I think you're right. Yep. Talking off the cuff, but perhaps. That makes sense. Anyways, the last one is Swinging Stone. This is a treachery. And of course, there's two copies in the deck. When revealed, alter ego form. Absorbing Man Schemes. If Absorbing Man has the stone trait, he gets plus one scheme for this activation. When revealed in hero form, Absorbing Man attacks you. If he has the stone trait, he gets plus one attack for this activation. And it has one boost icon. I think this is the weakest of the group. Yep. I want to see one more of everything. Totally agree. Hmm. So he's going he's gonna to activate against you. If you're playing Expert, and then he's, he's on level three, he's going to get his extra little thing against you. Yes, right? he will. His force response. And if he has out a very, su- whatever environment he has out, you may have chose to defend because you don't want the environment to go off. So now you're exhausted. So it gets an undefended attack. I can see where it, yeah, okay. it where it's, I can see where it's going. Um, yeah, I, yeah, I think maybe right. The other ones with, I, I don't know, I think Swinging Stone Alter Ego is probably better than Steel Kick Alter Ego, though. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, absolutely. The number's just going to go higher, and there's a chance that you know, he might do something else. Yeah, and 
I actually think Swing Stone is stronger than Steel Kick because I think I think a surprise scheme or a surprise attack is always terrible if you're a hero. Right? It's going to depend on the deck. It's why Assault and Advance are so effective. Yeah. It's like, yeah, and oh. it's effectively both of those with a yeah. kicker, right? It makes him a little stronger if he happens to be stoned. Mm-hmm. If you have no allies to act as chump blockers, then that changes it up a bit. Yeah. Imagine the encounter, the encounter card round where you get advance, and then Steve gets the other advance, and then I draw this when I'm Peter Parker. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, you know, that's yeah. and he's on level, and he's level three, so he's but activating he again, right, yeah. against each of us. Like, you could have a bad day as a hero from this card. All right, Steve, why don't you you take us home with your favorite card? You do Ooh. love this card. Uh, yeah, the first. <laughs> go back and watch our first playthrough. Uh, not in a campaign mode, where I think I draw all three of these turn after turn after turn, and that is Omnimorph <laughs> Duplication. When revealed, if Absorbing Man has the Ice trait, exhaust your identity. Metal trait, give Absorbing Man a tough status card and heal one damage from him. Stone trait, give Absorbing Man one face down boost card. Wood trait. Discard one card at random from your hand and has one boost icon. So if he has all four traits from <laughs> super absorbing power, this card is brutal. Yep. Yep. You really don't ever want him to be icy. I feel like ice trait is his strongest trait. Yeah, I think you're right. From icy grip to avalanches to... Oh, yeah, that's true. No, I, I, think, I think ice is bad. Ice is bad, except it, if you are defending against him because you don't want the undefended attack triggers, you're already exhausted. So if the ice flips, it's sort of a whiff. But if you blocked with an ally or you chose not to defend, you're like, oh, I'm not going to defend this turn. And then, boom, you get exhausted anyways. Or you've run back to your apartment to hide. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, because it is identity, not hero. So. Yep. I mean, I, I've played with Indomitable. This just wastes your indomitable. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, and then metal. He's getting tough and he's healing. Okay. Uh, tough can delays you from hurting him, right? So it slows him down a little. Yep. Uh, stone trait. He's gonna get a boost card. That could be whatever. Yeah, it makes uh, him a little tougher. Here, here's a big complaint I have, and I'll I'll channel a little Mustafa here. This game has got to move away from the villain heals one. Yeah. Like, yeah. what is one? Like, if I see me- the metal one, I'm like, okay. Like, it's easy to deal with tough status. And healing one, I mean, the healing the healing effects have got to be per player. Yeah. I, I mean, especially if they're that low. Like, I mean, this doesn't, this doesn't even, like, take a hit away. You know? This, right. this takes away Squirrel Girl showing up. Right, right. Like, and it's like, it'd be one thing if, like, you did four damage, you know, you're Spidey and you do a skilled strike or whatever, and then he heals that four back. You're like, oh, that's disappointing. But one? Yeah. Uh, it's just... Yeah, one per player would at least feel like it scaled a little bit. But... Yeah, I feel like all the healing effects on the villain cards should be per player that we've seen so far. Maybe not. There's one in the Goblin deck. I think that's four, but and maybe that shouldn't scale. But I don't know why not. To be honest, 
That could be another that could be another critical encounter special house rule, Steve. Just always scale healing. <laughs> healing is always per player. Whatever yeah. the number is with the little guy next to and him. And you give him four tough status cards too. <laughs> <laughs> no, just the heal. <laughs> Although I do like the idea of <laughs> the eat through four tufts. <laughs> All right, so what do yeah. we think overall? We, we we normally we get a little bit of a grade on this. We let's, well, usually let's we're grading modular sets, but I oh like yeah, usually we're doing uh But I like your spirit here, Steve. Let's make this personal. How how do we make this more enjoyable for ourselves? What do you think? I think as an encounter set for a villain, it's not very strong, and that is why Absorbing Man's easy to beat because these core cards for him are not great. Yeah, I think this is. At the same time, weaker, but also incredibly fun. Right. It's like, it makes for an extremely versatile deck. You almost never know how he's going to come out swinging. But only more duplication. I wish the boost icon said, reveal this card. Right. I wish there was a little more boost icons on Swinging Stone. I wish stall tactics were better. But You're totally right. Theme home run, but each card individually is weaker than it could be. Yeah. It's still, still yeah. so much fun to play. So... Yeah. I mean, you can always throw in a hard modular set, and please do. Yeah, I think if the boost icons were a little bit better, uh, just overall on all of them, because there's a there's only two cards in the deck that have a three, and those are your avalanches, and there's a lot of ones and a lot of stars. So if he did a little bit more damage to you when he was attacking, it might force you to flip more often to heal, which would stall you out and delay you giving him a yep. chance to get more counters. So, like, might put the pressure on a little bit more. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, but I agree. It is fun. I like the, oh, what trade are we? Oh, no, is he ice now? What happens if, you know, I, I get an icy grip? Or, yeah, I, I enjoy that. So, And he's a lot more fun on Expert. Yeah, level three where he's, it's a little more more flavor to it, right? He's, he's always doing something to you. The yep. environments just really have a bigger impact. Now, yes. I'm sure I've asked this before, but in terms of setup, it suggests a modular set, right? Mm -hmm. But can you can you just bring five modular sets if you want to? Mm -hmm. Sure. Right? Like, it's not yep. him and a modular set, whatever it is, we recommend this. You can do a bunch, right? So if you flood, if you flood his deck with minions, yes, it dilutes the absorbing power and all that kind of stuff, and the environment interaction, but it also makes him a lot harder to deal with if you've got a lot of minions running around as well. I think playing this with Anachronauts would be really good. Minions that are not easy to kill, or not trivial to kill, that sap your ability to defend against Kuril. Yeah, which other sets would you use? What other kind of minions? I don't know. Like A flood of minions would be nice because it, would, it could keep super-absorbing power around longer. Too. Right. Because I think that's really important for him to have that out. Especially if you dilute the deck with multiple mods. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. 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 Another one that could be fun in this is uh, a mess of things that has Scorpion that has stuns and does things if you're stunned. Because Creel does have a bunch of stun cards in his deck. Oh, yeah. So it might play into that mm, a little bit. Good. Now, granted, you're only going to end up with one minion again. So uh, that might be an issue, but he's quick strike. Scorpion does. So, what about yeah that one and Electro? That could be. Yeah, try to get the acceleration tokens out quicker on him. I don't think you go after 
uh, Observer Man here thinking, okay, I'm going to play the most challenging encounter I can find. Yeah, I, I want to sit down. I want to have some fun interactions. I want to see what happens. Mm, I want to see how fast, I, how fast can I beat him? That sort of thing. So, yep. Good point. All right. Well, why don't I tell you guys where to find our secret lair? Hey, everyone. Do you have a way to heal more than one damage? We want to hear about it. Email us at criticalencounterspod at gmail.com. You can find us on social media. We are Critical Encounters on Facebook. And on Discord, we are known as Vardane, Big Foam Loaf, and Wandering Tuke. If you like our show, tell your friends. If you don't like our show, tell your enemies. Steve, take us out. I ain't just Crusher Creel, an ordinary con anymore. I'm the absorbing man, the most dangerous guy in the world. Thanks, Steve. <laughs> no problem. Speaking of helium, <laughs> <laughs> that was brilliant.